sitting in my lounge, which uh, we haven't done for a while. We've just had a delightful dinner with today's guest and uh, a little catch-up, girly catch-up. So I'm very excited and delighted to be joined by tonight's guest, Akhtara. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to finally caught up after this busy halfway through the season and to be sharing on your podcast. I'm really honoured that you made it here this evening. Thank you so much, me too. Yeah, to find space on this island is difficult, but we can do that. I think we all get stuck in this trap sometime of thinking that we don't have time, but we can create time by choosing our priorities differently. That is exactly true. There is definitely a glorification, I do also believe, of the word busy on this island. And not just on this island, but everywhere. And it's one thing that I just find kind of fascinating and... um, also quite irritating. Mm. I've been changing the word to full. My diary's full or I don't have, uh, rather than using the word busy, I've been trying to change my language and it feels less uh, overwhelming sometimes rather than being like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Actually, my diary's full with all the things I want to do and all the things I've chosen to do. I also think that, of course, you know, we are very um, blessed on this island with the rhythm that we keep here, which is being full in the summer and um, not so full in the winter and I think when you go from one extreme to the other it's an extremist's life here and I do love a bit of extremism Um, but I feel like you know when you go from that luxurious position of having all the time in the world to being absolutely manic it is quite deeply uncomfortable sometimes to make that switch and I think it's only really by about now that kind of people are fully kind of adapting to that rhythm and some people are coping really really well with it and other people not so much yeah there's definitely some burnouts happening and I uh, I had a different season this year rather than going and being quiet in the winter I went back to Guatemala and was just as busy here so it's been a constant flow of uh, of keeping keeping myself full which has been amazing but yeah there's definitely the two sort of polarities on this island people that seem to just flow effortlessly and are constantly doing things and then others that need some more support to uh, manage their time and their business and all the different things that we've got to choose from on this island because there's so much of everything which is beautiful and a blessing but it's yeah difficult to say no sometimes like we were talking about at dinner yeah there, there's definitely that uh, abundance of um of social world to uh to dip in and out of and trying to balance that with also being um more let's use it busy um it's it's very yeah it's very challenging to try and get the balance right and not go out too much and not overstimulate and not over give i think um in the work department as well so i don't know it is it's kind of a hilarious sort of seesaw i think here to try and and try and find that fine tuning and um I'm, I'm in year five and I, I still don't think I've particularly got it right but I you know I'm actually quite lucky I'm not as um as hectic this year with what I'm doing this summer and it's it's great I've actually got more time and I think I'm noticing the more of that rhythm about everybody else I'm surrounded by and, and it's kind of amusing hilarious and mental really just watching kind of everybody go through that actually and um yeah, when you're walking a different path, it's, um, yeah, it is interesting to notice how that affects people, definitely, mm. um, and how people cope with that, because stress is, is not fun. It's not a pleasure 
to see people going through that either but the way people deal with that stress response is um you know some people boozing there's some people getting on it there's some people going out even more because they're so stressed out because they're so busy and they're getting more and more exhausted it's just um the way humans kind of tend to cope with that Mm. lifestyle is um yeah it's kind of fascinating in a way yeah, I could definitely feel myself a couple of weeks ago getting caught in that trap of being busy, never saying no, not really knowing what to do with my time. And uh, luckily was able to almost observe that that was creeping up on me, this like little burnout that I could see just just around the corner. And uh, as well as all the boozing and all of the you know other ways of coping, I realized that there's so many more tools that we also have that we can use, you know, and and it's okay to go out and you know forget everything and let that part of you you know play and that's a way of releasing but I was able to actually come back to all my practices my daily practices had pretty much stopped all the things that I knew would make me feel grounded and able to manage all of the different things I've got going on had just also disappeared so had a little reminder and gifted myself a few days of being on retreat and now I feel like I'm able to cope with all the busyness again and the fullness or the busyness (laughs) Um, and coming back to the meditation and the yoga and the movement and the breath work and now I feel that I'm much more in control of of this summer rather than this season just controlling me I guess I mean I guess those things weren't also on board because as we were doing the washing up you told me which I did, absolutely did not know this about you you used to be an accountant <laughs> yeah I uh I had 10 years in the corporate world being an accountant and uh did really well for myself and uh yeah then quit about four years ago and um definitely rejected that world for a long time and um completely went the opposite way and wanted freedom and couldn't even work out the bill when someone was like asking me to split the bill and really closed all that part of myself off but um but now as I'm getting more in the flow of business and creating more stability through the work that I'm doing I can see how it's really useful to have that skill again um but I definitely wouldn't choose to be back in that that lifestyle I I had I was working probably 60 to 70 hours a week I was traveling the whole of the UK like visiting sites I was working for a cycling company was the last job that I had and it was just unnecessarily exhausting but that was what the expectation was and it took almost or it, it was the breakdown of my marriage that kind of brought me to the end of that part of my life but I don't think I could have done it for much longer I don't think I could have completely sustained that that busyness and that expectation that I had to always be working and had to travel so much and so things just kind of miraculously all flowed to giving me more freedom and allowing me to move somewhere where I knew I, I remember probably 15 years ago sitting with my then husband talking about moving here and I was like I really think we should do it and he was like no we can't do that you can't be an accountant in in Ibiza and um and of course I couldn't I couldn't and it took all of this change of my life to open Ibiza up to me in a completely different way and uh but yeah our paths also like intertwined so now I'm coming back to using those skills as I create business templates and spreadsheets all over again but this time they're filled with like cacao and yoni eggs instead of like recycling prices and uh yeah different 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 things now (laughs) 
Sounds a lot more interesting. And you've just <laughs> mentioned the word that we are actually here to talk about this evening. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie, I know absolutely nothing about this yoni egg thing. I don't even know what it is or what it does. Or I've not been to one of your workshops. So I wanted to come to the Cosmic Pineapple one the other night. But I was just knackered, so I didn't make mm. it. And um, I'm kind of loving that, actually, because it means for me that this is like one of the, my favorite podcasts because I'm going to get to learn all about <laughs> these yoni eggs, which are sort of sitting on my uh, next to my draining board on my uh, on my <laughs> breakfast table, which I'm not sure really is a great place to put them, but it, it might be the perfect place. I, <laughs> I just planted one by my right knee and um, it's sparkling away there, looking um, very, very ominous. So what is a yoni egg? Um, So the word yoni, for a start, is probably a good place to begin. Um, In the Sanskrit uh, traditions, the word yoni is the word for sacred temple, is the the translation. But in our our translation, it's also the word for vagina. It's the the space that in the Taoist traditions is um, the most sacred part of a woman. It's the place where we create life. It's the place where we can manifest from. Um, so the yoni egg practice is a practice of using a crystal, a jade crystal, um, in the tradition that I work with, uh, to bring us into more empowerment, to heal wounds and traumas that we have stored inside our body, and to allow us to feel more pleasure. It's not all serious work, you know, it's also about pleasure and getting us in touch with our bodies. So that's the sort of the brief version of it but there's it's been such a wonderful practice for me I am um, I first bought an egg about two and a half years ago maybe three years ago now and I remember at the time thinking it was really weird and uh, not really knowing what I was getting myself into and I just opened the door to my path of tantra with a lover that I had at the time and um my one of my really good friends suggested that I buy one and I just said yes and didn't really know what to do with it to begin with and um then as then my relationship broke down with that partner and um I didn't want my tantric practice to stop because at that time the my tantric practice had just been with a partner whereas then I was single and wanted to continue so the egg became a tool for me to go deeper into my own path of tantra and um my own path of healing um for many many years my sexuality like many people, sexuality and talking about being sexually empowered and sexually active is really shamed in a lot of our society. Even as little kids, you know, if you see a child touching themselves, you're like, oh, no, no, don't touch yourself. And from that really early age, there's a lot of shame. So then growing up as teenagers, if a girl is sexually active and or we're promiscuous or we're sluts, can I say that? I just did. I think anything goes on this podcast. I'm giving you full permission just to, just to go wherever you wish. Um, yeah, so we're called sluts if we're, if we're sexually active and men are celebrated. So there's so much conditioning, especially with women, but, but also with men um, around sexuality. So I think the yoni egg was a gateway for me to being able to openly talk about that. And I've always been kind of always been aware that I had a lot of sexual energy always been aware that there was like something in that that but I just didn't know how to use it and especially after my divorce broke down my body was there for somebody else I was going through a phase where I didn't really have any respect for myself I was like in so much pain now I can see it at the time I didn't and um my body 
was there for somebody else's pleasure. My body was there for me to feel love, where actually I wasn't feeling love at all. I was just having sex. So this whole journey through self-empowerment, through releasing all of these um, beliefs and all of these stereotypes about what being sexually empowered means has played a big part. The egg has played a big part of that. And did I ever think I would be then sitting in workshops, in circles, holding space and being there while women did it? No. And I asked, my mum asks me about it. And the only thing I can say is because she's not really in this more spiritual world, she's not aware. I'm encouraging women to put crystals in their vaginas. And she just laughs at me. <laughs> and in that way, it sounds so ridiculous. And, um, but the healing benefits that I've received... I didn't realize how much trauma I held and I've been working with the egg to release that you know as massage therapists explain when you sometimes when you get a certain point in the body it just makes you cry um because you're releasing some wound or some pain and it's the same inside of our bodies so the eggs is physically can help with that um from a more physical point of view the eggs are really good for anybody that's just had a baby because it strengthens your your pc muscles so there's many sort of levels that you can work with the eggs from that real simple perspective. Um, the the strengthening of our physical bodies is is a really, really beautiful thing. And a lot of doctors actually prescribe a medical version of an egg, which is made of plastic, that they encourage you to put inside yourself and do your PC muscles. So it's also in line with Western medicine, although it has a different, slightly different take on it. Um, and then going into the more feminine empowerment, which is a lot of my work, I'm working with women to through different workshops to empower people. When, when we can really own that sexual energy that we have, when we don't have to feel worried that someone is going to judge us because we're actually not judging ourselves any longer, we can start to embody that divine feminine that, that we hear so much about the word goddess and all of these things that have become so popular now. But there's there's a real deep... Um, meaning behind it that you know we want to be able to express ourselves authentically without without having judgment for ourselves we don't want to have to compare ourselves to other people anymore or other women anymore we want to be able to celebrate someone else's success and all of these different themes are worked through with with the eggs um we can also work with the eggs on um a hormonal level uh, the egg works as we're putting, sending focus and energy down to our womb spaces and our yonis. If we have heavy periods or if we have light periods or uh, no period at all, which is a journey that I've been on recently of, of bringing my, my cycle back after a period of it not being there, the egg works with our hormonal system so it can bring that back. And I've just celebrating that mine has come back. So working with with the egg, with meditation, with my womb space and honoring that that space, that sacred space as a woman and a few other things. I've been working with um, an acupuncturist also, an amazing acupuncturist on the island, um, Helen, who has assisted me with that. But I really believe that w with all of those different practices put together has enabled, enabled me to bring it back within a month. And she was thinking it was going to take six to nine months. So by yeah, using the egg, I try and use it at least once a week. Ideally, I'd like to use it two or three times a week, but it's that busy thing, finding time <laughs> to use it. And um... I mean, these, sorry, for people that don't know what these are, I mean, I'm holding in my hand a black kind of, well, obviously an egg-shaped 
round marble it feels like really mm. but obviously it's got a bit more of a point to one end um it's quite heavy and i i'm imagining this is a new one this isn't this one is that's definitely new. <laughs> using your work to, just to be just to be sure um <laughs> i'm holding it and um so obviously one would uh insert this then yes. um and you facilitate that as in you guide people through that process when you're with them in the workshops so there could be like several women in a room at one time and you all go through that together interesting so that's i mean i was going to come to one of your workshops actually at mm. Suze's place um oh. who we had on the podcast not so long ago Suze how from abitha retreats and she um she sent me a whatsapp invite and that's how this podcast interview finally popped into my head I was like oh want to know more about that signed up but obviously it never happened so um I am definitely interested in coming um because I'm just thoroughly intrigued and like a small child and quite pathetic and immature I'm kind of just like <laughs> would probably giggle the whole way through it but um yeah I'm, I'm totally fascinated so it, all of us together would then put the pop pop these little puppies up there and then what happens um so yeah the, the workshop will start with a bit of an introduction about the eggs and giggles are definitely welcomed giggles are celebrated i think with all of this these practices they can be very serious but that isn't you know we want to laugh about things like this we want to completely celebrate the silliness of putting crystals inside our bodies and um <laughs> <laughs> i mean it is you know, when you say it like that, when you're actually popping a crystal up there, I mean, I mean, obviously lots of other things go up there and they can do and welcomed up there at times. But, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it is a very unusual concept and not something I've considered previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there, I don't know, wasn't there... I'm sure when I was younger, someone had these like little balls, more than one, and they tinkled when this woman walked. And I just thought that was the most brilliant thing. I think they came from Anne Summers. So I suppose I was kind of intrigued to know what these eggs were looking like. But obviously they don't tinkle. So that's that's good. Maybe we could get tinkling ones. Maybe that's a thing that hasn't happened yet. Maybe that's my new business. <laughs> maybe that's your uh, USP on all of this. You can get your tinkling eggs. Yeah, maybe. Um yeah, the the jade eggs. The the reason why they're jade, they come in a few different crystals. Um, the jade jade being a material, or the color green. Uh, jade is a type of stone. It's a stone traditionally from um, China, which is where the traditions come from with the jade eggs. I think that the tinkling ones that you were talking about were like they're called Japanese love eggs or something like that. I remember seeing them also, um, and yeah, they're probably you know. The reason why we put things in there is it strengthens our muscles and it feels good, mm. ultimately. And, you know, regardless of what which way you're coming at it from, um, we have so many nerve endings down there. So why not celebrate them? Why not use them to, to heal, to feel good, and to um, actually work with our bodies to strengthen all of our muscles, not just our muscles externally that we work through yoga? Let's talk about the pleasure factor for a moment. Because, I, I mean, I, I am intrigued. Yeah. I mean, this is not something that I'm massively au fait with in in many ways so it does fascinate me obviously Mm. and I mean what you know what (laughs) I mean it's pretty pretty obvious what one benefit could be but I mean what when you when you put that in Mm -hmm. what kind of processes you go through to bring on stimulation or pleasure or how do you facilitate that in a workshop for example is that more of a one-to-one thing that you might do um there is an element of it in the workshop uh there's definitely themes that come out depending on the group the last group that I taught 
uh, this week, they left, they were really interested in the pleasure. And it's really nice to talk about that because sometimes you've got people that are there for the medical purposes of strengthening their muscles. And this time it was definitely talking about pleasure. So when we... Were they Dutch? Uh, one was, I think. Maybe an Australian, a Dutch, English. We had the whole world there. I do love on this island, like, literally people live here from all over the world. But I have to say, I mean, I've lived in Holland as well. And I, I have been um, dating a, a Dutchman not so long ago. And um, I do love that ability about that one particular nationality. I'm, I'm intrigued, actually. I have to ask you this question. Like, out of all the nationalities that you get in your workshops, like, who are the most sort of overt? Ah, oh, do you know, I didn't even know about the Dutch thing. That's never crossed my path. Um, They're really not shy about talking about sex, trust me. Oh, wow, okay. I'm going to bring market myself more in Holland. <laughs> maybe you should just move there. Yeah, I've never been. Maybe. Maybe this is the next place I visit. Um, who's been the most avert? I guess, I think most people that come to my workshop tend to be Spanish or English. So I think in that scheme, English probably are more open at talking about it which surprises me because we are very closed as a nation talking about sex. God, I remember talking to my best friends not that long ago and we would just never, we would never talk about anything. We would never talk about sex. We would never talk about periods. So yeah, it surprises me that on, in the workshops, the English are probably the most open to it. Um, but the pleasure side of things then. So before you put an egg in, you want to get your juices flowing a little bit and we're not talking about like having full-on stimulation in the workshop um because it's already quite confronting for women already to be in that space to be that vulnerable and to like open themselves up to putting you know, even touching themselves in in public is like it's quite a big thing um but when when you can get past that and once you're using the egg so the main reasons why the egg is good for pleasure because our muscles inside are very much they're desensitized. So when you start working with the egg, um, it brings more, um, more of the nerve endings become alive. So you're then feeling more pleasure. And as you're working and strengthening the muscles, you have more control over your body. So you're feeling more inside of yourself. So this is kind of with a, over, over time working with the eggs. Um, but you can also use them for stimulation. One of the things where I've noticed the most difference for, in my own body is with my cervix for, 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 for so long, like when it was really painful, you know, as a woman, I'm sure we've all experienced that feeling when a man just like really pushes and it really hurts and you feel like it's going to come out of your mouth, although it's obviously not, but <laughs> it's that really like intense feeling. And I had that a lot. And since working with my egg and using like it as a tool to, to, to release all that pain, um, I've now have some of my best orgasms through my cervix, something that I didn't even know was possible. I didn't even know that that was something that could happen before I started this journey with, with eggs. So it allows you to feel more and experience more in those places that actually feel really good that sometimes we shy away from touching. Um, once they've been opened and once they've been released, there's so much joy, so much pleasure. Um, and you can also use your egg with your partner. So if you do have a partner that you're wanting to share space with in that way, um, you can leave the egg inside when you're making love and it gives you this extra or different sensation when it's pushing against your body. And for the men, the feedback has been that it feels different, but it feels good. And I think, yeah, it's been always been pleasurable for both of us when I've gone there with a couple of partners. 
well I never <laughs> <laughs> I never would have yeah considered yeah. that possibility but that's that sounds very interesting indeed um I was a little bit warm before we began and now I'm positively puce <laughs> interesting so people don't use lube then to put this in they have to get their own things uh, organically mm-hmm. uh, intrinsically warming up down there <laughs> and then they put it in and then they and then you work with it as a group so do you do one-to-ones as well yeah I do one-to-one sessions I haven't done so many I actually prefer working with this workshop in a group there's something about having a group of women that can go into this space together and the group energy and the group, the way that we all share so openly and vulnerably about our story through sex, about the traumas that we had or about the healing that we're, that we're ready to receive. It's, I feel like it's more powerful when you're in a group. But yeah, I do do one-to-one sessions as well. I mean, an obvious question, but I mean, I, I can imagine has anybody kind of, you know, in a group session sort of maybe got a little bit overexcited? Has that ever happened? Um... In one of the very first sessions, because we go we go through um, some breath work, so we'll, we'll do the introduction, then I'll lead people through putting the egg in, and it's also there's sometimes when you just won't put the egg in. Our bodies, the whole purpose of this is to start listening to the wisdom of our bodies, and sometimes our bodies just say no. So there's also women that will be in the workshop with, with without using it, but when when they do, we'll do some breath work and some guided meditation with the eggs in, and then I kind of open the space for just free exploration. And there was definitely one woman that was like fully there she was experiencing it she was fully there she was like allowing the moans and the groans and the mmms to come through and it's beautiful you know to see somebody so free that they are letting go she was dutch there you go that's what i'm talking about (laughs) i was gonna gonna say to you was she american or she dutch they're they're the two nationalities that in my humble opinion Uh, tend to be the most expressive and i love that i love it i'm really like think it's the best thing ever but it does never cease to crack me up that that is um the way it tends to naturally pan out now the thing i find about quite interesting about this i mean i've I've spoken to female friends in the past about roads they've traveled to um experience more pleasure Mm. and heal and go you know deep into some sort of some trauma that's left behind from you know encounters that that one experiences through life and um there is one particular lady uh who was telling me about this kind of tantra guy who mm. you know will go around and kind of basically uh oh how should we put this um will go deep into that trauma um quite physically mm. and i was a bit like what do you mean you basically had sex with them and you mm. you know and I and I was I just I was very shocked actually I was very shocked um that that sort of goes on um and that was kind of like a tantra uh mm. expert that that she she'd paid to go and visit um I mean I'm you know I'm thoroughly under experienced in mm. in this area as I'm probably sure you're witnessing from what I'm saying but I just um yeah I just didn't know that that was kind of available so that's why I do find this very interesting and I do think it's you know, absolutely something that we should be exploring. And I think it's great that you do facilitate these these group exercises. And there's obviously, you know, a lot of women that definitely need to do a lot of healing in that mm. department and people that really have no idea what's actually going on down there. Um, and it's, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole avenue that is definitely 
something that can be um, very fun indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? So other than obviously the, the the pleasure angle, and you know everyone has a bit of tantra on this island. I mean, there's a tantra festival coming up. Is you you're doing a workshop there? I'm actually not. No, it's at the end of October, I think. Um, no, I haven't. I didn't get organised enough to be involved. Um, but I might go and experience. Um, <laughs> a lot of my tantra experiences have been with partners, so going to a workshop or a festival like that would be something I'd really love to do. I actually have always wanted to go and I've been here five years and I've never had the Mm. balls or the tinkly balls to go but I actually think I kind of made a little bit of a pact with a friend of mine and um, his girlfriend's now just moved here and they got back together and they weren't going to. I mean it wasn't going to be like that between us but he's a friend of a friend's brother actually Um, and he's a hell of a lot younger than me so it really wasn't going to be like that but it would have been fun to go with a male Mm. friend I think and just have had a bit of a giggle. Uh, but now he's not around. Maybe we should mm. go. We, could, we should take the podcast at the Tantra Festival because I think that would be brilliant to interview some people there and um, to record some of that experience. So if you fancy a Tantra workshop, buddy, yeah. not us together, potentially, literally, but it would be <laughs> a really fun and entertaining um, mm. thing to do with the podcast. So, yeah, let's talk about that, definitely. Have you been to Tantra Festivals in the past? I actually haven't. I've been to different workshops, um, but I've never been to a full festival. So I would be really interested to go. Let's see if we can make it work. Because there's some amazing teachers there. In fact, one of the women that I did a lot of um, this training with, Sophia Sandari, is one of the people doing workshops there. Um, So I'd love to go and experience that there, yeah. I have to say, now I'm really getting, I really overshare on these podcasts lately, but I'm going to do it again. So basically, I am... I went to meet someone on the beach who was just kind of like a blind date, really. And I got there and he really wasn't what I expected <laughs> at all, um, as these things generally tend to pan out. So anyway, we sat down on the beach, we got chatting, he was German. And one of the first things he sort of said to me was obviously, oh, what do you do? And we had that conversation. I was like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a tantra teacher. I was like, oh, here we go. Like, literally, could you could you dream it up? And um within minutes he'd invited me to his retreat like mm. next month because there weren't enough women and there was too many guys it was oversubscribed and he was like I really would love you to come and you know I was like well can you just tell me a little bit about this retreat and um he was like um I said just give me an example of one of the exercises that I might be invited to join and he said oh you know well the man would be sitting on the chair and the woman would straddle him and sit on top and then they would go heart to heart and breathe this tantric mm. breath together so as you're inhaling he's exhaling and vice versa and I said, and, and how long would this go on for? And he was a bit like, well, until I felt like enough was enough kind of thing. And I was like, but, you know, would that involve anything more than that? And he was like, oh, yeah, sometimes, you know, the man or the woman would actually arrive at their final destination. Wow. And at this point, I thought, yeah, I don't think that really is something that I need to, to go into. Mm-hmm. But I've met so many people that have been to Tantra festivals and Tantra workshops, and particularly in India, particularly in Goa. Mm. I've heard some hilarious tales about these things, and um, it ha- it's kind of on my bucket list, actually. And I think, I think I would like to go, because I know that it's a part of me that's incredibly shy and incredibly em- embarrassed and British mm. and very standoffish in that department. It's not necessarily something I feel like I need to explore, but mm. I think it could be, could be really good for me, because um, mm. I am... I am a bit shy in that department. Yeah, I think 
with any of these things that we're going to explore any whether it's a workshop or a festival or a, um, a retreat I think it's really being careful and and the therapy session like you were describing I think it's really good to be aware of what we're getting ourselves into because going all the way and having a healing session that involves penetration is like it's pretty it's pretty far far down the path and for some people that would actually be more traumatizing and I'm not talking about your friends specifically but I I've had a couple of really like different experiences with having a therapy session so I've had a couple of yoni massages one of which was amazing and I felt really safe really respected I felt like I had a huge huge amount of healing and this was quite a few years ago a couple two or three years ago now and it was exactly what I needed at the time so I ended up wanting to get feeling like I was at the time and space to have another one and met somebody that I had been introduced to through a friend so I thought okay perfect feels really safe have normally got really good intuition and still felt really safe and then after the session when I was in a really really open vulnerable juicy state like I felt I'd had really beautiful healing he then asked if I wanted to have sex with him and I was like no like no this isn't like not what that was about but there was that abuse of power and here's I'm not going to mention names but here's somebody that's like quite well respected and I just feel that it's a bit of a, a minefield to be able to find safe treatments and safe therapies and workshops because we we it's about opening ourselves up and it's about pushing through like fear and it's about pushing through our boundaries and I fully fully agree that most of us have a lot of work to do there but it's also making sure we're safe and that we're not being taken advantage of and there would be I feel many women in the situation that I was in sometimes it's really difficult to say no we've all had sexual experiences where or not all of us a lot of us I think have had sexual experiences where we've ended up having sex with someone when we didn't really want to because we just didn't know how to find the words we didn't want to upset someone we didn't want there to be like for whatever reason thinking there might have been anger against us or that we've like led someone on or all of these different things and for me to find my no in that moment I don't know if everybody would have and it scares me a little bit to feel that there is this abuse but then I see the other side of it as well and know how much healing and how much magic there is when you open yourself up to these experiences so yeah I think it's just as much as we can be be really um guided to work with people and take recommendations find reviews and you know listen to or read to the testimonials and just go be really careful with who we're working with that is exactly why i wanted to create this mm. podcast and obviously with us revealing a different reset rebel each week that lives in a beef mm. that works in wellness i was hoping that people get to know these people a little mm. bit before booking time with them and that's absolutely you know a bit like when you're booking a a builder or a plumber you just don't know whether they're an absolute cowboy and completely bonkers and not going to finish the job which happens here on the island all the time mm. with people having work done in the house and you know when you're having work done in your body mm. and you're opening up to therapies and sessions in the way that we do here on this island and everywhere else in the world you want to know that that person is genuine and authentic and not just out to you know take take what they can and um i think when that comes to working with your innermost you know uh darkest corners and depths you definitely want someone um who is absolutely you know what they say they are and and it's so difficult to find that person and know 
you know, from just a website. As One of the brilliant things that we said earlier, actually, while mm. we were also doing washing up, well, I, I think I read it or I heard it somewhere the other day. I know, I know where it was, actually. It was um, this brilliant new podcast that I've been listening to loads from a guy. I was, I was actually a chef on his retreat many, many years ago. And his name was um, Maston Kip. And he has this wonderful email called The Daily Love. And I've had it in my inbox ever since I chefed for him. And I, he's American. And I was a bit like, nah, I'm sorry. But I'm quite a sinister at times. <laughs> That's really terrible. God, that actually just came out of my mouth. Anyway, I was, wasn't convinced. But actually, I received it every single day. And every day I found something in that email that really inspired me and really changed my mindset about my love uh, expectations and mm. and and whatever so anyway on that podcast he was just sort of saying that um, people that work in wellness and people that are therapists and session um, givers and counselors and coaches and life um, coaches and you know NLP and all these things that are just growing at the mm. moment um, he was just saying that you know the people that are actually probably doing the best in those worlds are the ones that were also doing really well in, you know, you were saying that you were an accountant before, but the ones that are probably really, really doing well in the wellness world are the people that probably used to work in PR and marketing and advertising because they're excellent, obviously, at putting themselves out there. And, um, you know, there is a lot of word of mouth, really, that's more trustworthy, I would suggest, than people that are, you know, have got their SEO switched on to the highest notch in the in the bracket and um, and they've spent lots of money because a lot of people, you know, obviously, who are very good at what they do are incredibly modest about it. Don't shout it from the treetops and certainly don't splash it all over um, over the internet. And I think that's definitely something that happens on this island. There's a lot of underground therapists that are some of the best, but maybe you're not going to find them on, on Google uh, in the top ranking. So that is a very interesting thing to mention. Other than um, the Yoni workshops, um, where else can we find you on the island? What's going on for you? The other work that I do... Um... I work with sound healing, so I have a gong and drum and bowls and all sorts of different instruments from around the world. So I'm going to be working with a beautiful friend in London um, to do a sound journey. And also, as well as the Yoni Egg Workshop, kind of that falls under the feminine empowerment work that I do, I hold women's circles every new moon. So wherever I am in the world, whether that be here or Guatemala or this occasion in London, um, we gather and sit in circle and have a cacao ceremony and share and give everybody, every woman in the circle time to share how she is and um, be heard, which is something that a lot of women don't feel that they are. So it gives them that space and that time to to really have a whole group of people listening to what they're, they're going through and offering support. And, um, and then we do some manifestation exercises usually to bring in uh, the things that we want and to create in our life. So I have a little tour going on and then I have a well-earned holiday, which I think is the first holiday I've had in about four years. So I'm very excited. We don't tend to take holidays when living in Ibiza because it sort of feels like your life is almost like a holiday because you can pop to the beach for a quick swim in between sessions or classes or whatever you're doing. But actually, it's still not quite a holiday. And there's something very strange about that rhythm of being here and actually never packing your bags and get excited about going um, somewhere for two weeks and people say oh, create a create a life that you don't need a holiday from but ultimately we all need a holiday because you don't ever switch off when you pop to the beach for a quick swim for an hour and meet a friend and have a sunbathe and then you go back to work or you go back to mm. you know your normal life so it's not you know it does sound quite self-indulgent when you live in a beach going oh i'm going on holiday um everyone just looks at you like you're completely mental mm-hmm. particularly at this time of year in the middle of summer you go oh, i'm just gonna go away for a couple of weeks <laughs> um i'm also doing exactly the same going to london and um really 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 excited 
I mean, I love this place in the summer, but there is something that gets a little bit intense as the mm-hmm. heat cranks up. And um, I think it's actually going to be even hotter in England where I'm going, which is the irony of it all. But um, yeah, good for you for going on holiday. That's a great plan. Yeah, I think it. Um, I feel the same. It's been so long that I just haven't switched off and I'm going to turn my phone off. And it's really important, whatever life we lead, that we do get that bit of time without distractions. We're so overstimulated in our lives. And to have time and space to to just be you know and I fully agree I feel like I have created a life where I don't need a holiday from but it's nice when I can have one well that sounds absolutely amazing and uh, I wish you all the best yeah I'm really clearly going to buy one of these um, little marble sort of yeah eggs of joy they look um (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm I'm gonna I'm sold yeah don't quite know what I'm gonna do with it but I'm sure you'll uh, let me know when we get off air (laughs) amazing I'll be happy to guide you through putting a crystal inside of yourself thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll call it quits there (laughs) thank you Aktara oh thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure to um to share and to laugh about things like this and to just bring it out to the wider audience um yeah thank you so much so um well we were yes obviously uh shutting things down there but we of course forgot the final chapter of this podcast which we always squeeze on the end of the show which is of course um what uh, gift our lovely guest would like to give away um to someone who needs it most or can't afford it who's suffering from anxiety or depression or loneliness or heartbreak or any of those terrible things that are going on for so many of us so is there anything that you would like to offer and um what would you like to give us I would love to offer a yoni egg to somebody that's going through some trauma or someone that is in need or anybody actually that deserves a little bit more love in their life Um, and also I have access to an online version of my workshop so I can send them the workshop if they're not in Ibiza or um, they can visit in person to one of the workshops. So if anyone wants to come to your workshop they can actually, um, how do they find you? And they can find me on Facebook and Arctara Healing is the Facebook page and in the next couple of weeks I'll also have a website live so they'll be able to find me at arctara.com. Amazing and um, yeah someone is very well luckily and gratefully I'm sure going to be receiving (laughs) one of these magical gifts which I love the fact that you've got them in these little tartan drawstring bags which um, kind of reminds me of sort of like Scottish boiled eggs they are handmade uh little pouches from guatemala because the eggs are also handmade from guatemalan jade so it kind of ties in with my time that i spend in guatemala um so that's where they're from and how much does one of these eggs retail at for people that maybe um don't want to apply for the free gift but perhaps just want to purchase one for me they're 44 euros and if they wanted to come to the workshop in ibiza it's 22 euros and they run every couple of weeks um in santillania Okay, Aktara, thanks again for joining us here on The Reset Rebel. Thank you so much. Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel